Hey, Psst, you, yeah, you, do you need website help? Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends at Bandzoogle, and they can help. Built by musicians for musicians, Bandzoogle is an all-in-one platform that makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, there's tools to sell your music and merch, there's commission-free crowdfunding and fan subscription features, there's mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletters, we got social media integrations and live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. Direct support podcast listeners can go to bandzoogle.com to try it for free for 30 days and use the promo code direct support, all one word, to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. That's bandzoogle.com, promo code direct support. Don't you come at me with your one of three, cause I need direct support. I don't even care about the fee, I just need direct support. What is up? My name is Peter Shrepp. I'm your host. Welcome back to the Direct Support Podcast. Hope you're good. How you doing out there? You all right? I'm just chilling. It's Monday. I've gotten in the habit of... uh, This isn't good, but I've been puzzling while I edit the show, which means that I get on the ground and work on a puzzle while I listen, and then something happens, and I have to pop up and find where it was to edit. (laughs) It's not a great workflow, but it's been fun and therapeutic for me, which I like. Um, yeah, so a lot has happened between last episode and this episode on my end, um, that I'll talk about a little bit here. Uh, we just announced this and so this is news and, and, um, yeah, so Arms Akimbo, my band, uh, Chris Khalil from our band, the other singer, um, is, he's left the band and he's moving on and doing, uh, music in his solo project, St. Christopher, um, wishing him all the love, man, if you follow us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, you know, you can see all the, all the posts and all that stuff about that. So genuinely, um, if anybody wants to hear, you know, I've been kind of reminiscent of it and I went back and checked out my first episode of this show, which is me and Chris just talking about art and music and, and anything that we can, I'm pretty sure conspiracy about Hendrix, ridiculous stuff, but, um, but sincere love and, uh, and excitement for Chris moving on and doing his thing. And on my end, our band has a new EP coming out this Friday, February 26th, and it's a self-titled release. It's the last four songs that feature the original four members of our band, so it feels like the most appropriate time to make it a self-titled release. And it's two songs that, if you're familiar with our band, you've already heard, Dizzy and Alenda, that came out last year. And then it's the last two songs that we recorded um, as the original lineup. So uh, a song called Waves, that is perhaps my favorite song I've ever heard Chris write. Um, and bring to us, and so that'll feature St. Christopher, so you can check out his stuff there too, as well as a song um, called Marble that I'm super proud of, and I'll probably talk a little bit more about on the show after it's out. Um, but yeah, go pre-save it. It would mean a lot to me if you checked it out, and all obviously all the same stuff on this show. Like, subscribe, share it with a friend, um, write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all stuff that is free, you know, you heard at the beginning of the show how you can support us through, uh, through a band Zoogle subscription, but, but all the free stuff, uh, that's just, you know, very quick nuisance for you, uh, would really help me out a ton and it would keep us going. And, um, feel free to, to send me on Instagram or via email, uh, direct support, um, anybody you would want to hear on the show. Cause, cause I'm happy to try and reach out to them. It always helps to have fans 
direct me and, and guide me in the right spot for that. Um, but our guest today is a band called Fellow Hollow. That's right. You heard me right. It's a whole band, not just one member today. So this is our first time with three guests. Um, I got Drew, Luke, and Michael, and myself. Uh, could we have more biblical names? <laughs> um, but uh, I, I, I think everybody has a discerning enough voice. So if you can't tell who's talking, I, I sincerely apologize. But I think it works out okay. We got a good balance. And they're 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 on talking about their new uh, album Violet Paper Wings, um, which is out everywhere. It's actually really really nice, almost hypnotic, and you should go check it out after you listen to this. Um, thanks so much for for hearing me talk. Thanks so much for supporting the show, and I'll talk to y'all soon. Here is my conversation with fellow Hollow right after their performance of the song Dog Fence Weeds. Till the coast is clear 
all my favorite podcasts have click tracks, you know. <laughs> Throughout, not not counting into anything. <laughs> all right, this looks good on our end, so I think Lovely. I think we're ready. Yeah. Let's get it going, man. Welcome, cool. welcome to the show. Thank you. What Thanks what are so your favorite podcasts? Out of, out, of, out of curiosity, are you guys podcast boys? I've had the I've had the whole gamut of guests, you know. I'm sure. Yeah, I I listen to a lot of podcasts because my job I have an office job and uh-huh. it's kind of all I do. While I work is listen to podcasts and audiobooks. Um, I really like Citations Needed, which is like a political um, media analysis podcast. Those guys are real smart. I like their takes. Yeah, is that Hebrew on your arm? I just I just peeped, Luke. Yeah, that's what. It what is. is it? Any chance you can tell me what it says? It's uh, it says Yahweh. Yahweh. I got it. Uh, it was the first tattoo I ever got. I thought it uh-huh. would uh, be really sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is pretty <laughs> it is sweet. It's lovely. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a really uh, cool language. Um, I feel like I, I yeah, it's, it's, really, it's fascinating. It's, it's pretty wild. I always find it interesting how many different ways Jewish words could be pronounced. It feels, it feels very fluid or there's like a huh sound that I, yeah. most people can't <laughs> even make at all. Really intense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Well, welcome to the show, guys. I got fellow Hollow on. You guys are, you know what this is? This is my first interview with three people. Huh. This hey. you, you you outnumber the the masses. There we go. <laughs> um, but but Love yeah, that. hopefully we can we can keep the ball going. So I got Drew, Luke, and Michael all from the band. How you guys doing today? How how does today feel? Feels uh feels good. It feels like uh, being back to work full time after a lot of days off for the for the holidays. So getting used to that again for me. Yeah, pretty much the same. I'm working like half half my normal hours, but I'm still I'm like going into work for my day job and Yeah. Um <clears throat> there's not a lot of people there, but I'm pretty much there most days. Yeah. That must have been a bummer not only health-wise but also just being like, well, we can't get together and make music together for a little while, huh? I mean, I <clears throat> I hadn't seen Luke since Really, before the, before the whole pandemic started, until yeah. until pretty recently, yeah. maybe once or twice over the summer for like yeah. a bonfire outside. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a while, yeah. Yeah, Michael and I have been getting together throughout the year, like, um, and writing over the summer, but. And you it's and you, it. you guys are in Ohio. What what part of Ohio? Uh, we're in Columbus. Columbus. Uh, yeah, I got I got one buddy. He plays bass for Harbor. He's out in Columbus. His name's Walker Walker Atkinson, and uh, and they're they're a killer band. I think you should check them out. Uh, huh. Harbor with a U. Really good dudes. But like that's we we my whole relationship with with uh, Ohio is, is mostly going to their place. Nice, uh, yeah. We we played Cleveland and and uh, and what's what's the other big city? I'm losing it. Cincinnati. Right. It was Cincy, but it was like Lakewood. I guess technically it was like a suburb. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh and they're Cincinnati guys and uh based on my experience, Ohio people and they've always they've like taken us in and had like friendsgivings with us when we've been on the road and stuff like that. <laughs> oh yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's nice. I mean, yeah, it's really yeah, nice. Midwestern folks are apparently nice as people. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, we've always been here. I I've always been in Ohio. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. Com- comparatively for sure at least you know la can be pretty cutthroat so it feels nice to have some sense of unity out there you know? <laughs> yeah i've never been far I, i've been out to montana a few times but that's as far west as i've ever gone and i've and i've never been to montana huh. and and it's uh i don't know i think it's just one of those regions in in the country unless it's your destination i don't think you hit it as easily yeah, just you know right. 
Yeah, but yeah, it was it was my destination when I went out there for going sure. fly fishing. That's right. Yeah. Right, fly uh-huh. fishing. Fly fishing was the thing to do there before like Frank Ocean and Kanye decided like we're gonna migrate to Montana for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to the show, guys. I I'm I'm talking to y'all because because it's uh it's time to be promoting your guys' new record, Violet Paper Wings, and it's it's really rad, man. I I, uh, Thank you. I had a lot of fun listening to it, and I also um, it's really cohesive. It feels it feels like a piece of work that uh, just it matches itself and and I don't know I think we should like really dig into the record because I think it's really cool but it's just really beautiful and lush and like the, all the counter melodies and all that stuff really fit you know it's it's a uh, something you give to somebody to be like put this on just drift off you know hmm. and and yeah. that feels right oh that's really cool to hear thank yeah. you yeah thank you I so much did that this morning was that. <laughs> <laughs> And and Michael, you're the newest member. So when when did you start playing with the guys, and and when did when did uh, that part of the relationship start to bud? So I had literally nothing to do with their first EP or Violet Paper Wings. I was just a fan and really big fan of their music, and mm-hmm. um, started talking to Drew. I'm in another band called Moonweather, based out of San Francisco and Cincinnati. Cool. So we've always just kind of been fans of each other's music, and. Uh, over the summer when all the COVID stuff was happening, I couldn't really see Moonweather or really anyone, but um, I was lucky enough to get COVID, so we just started talking to Drew, and we just... Uh, <laughs> lucky enough. Just okay. started kind of writing some new stuff. Um, Luke wasn't really able to be there until recently, which has been awesome, it's having him here as well. Totally. Yeah, it was, it was kind of like, uh, um, like they were doing stuff together, and then... Uh, it kind of just felt like, well, wait a second, like this is, you know, this is right up, you know, our alley with what Drew and I do. And, mm-hmm. and so it's, I mean, really been within the last month that uh, all three of us have been playing together a lot and yep. starting to write some new stuff and it's been really cool. So it's been sweet to, to listen to the stuff that they've been doing and kind of think about what, you know, maybe different elements that I can add and, and vice versa, different songs that, that I've uh, been writing that Michael's already added a lot of cool stuff to. So it, it's been kind of, I don't know, like it, it happened really naturally and it sort of yeah. made, it made sense, you know. It was really sure. like serendipitous. I mean, Michael and I got together over the summer kind of, un- I mean, we were going to try to write and hang out and jam and maybe record some covers or whatever. And we just had like really tremendous chemistry, like with the songwriting part, which I've, I've never really written in the room with someone before as much. It's always sort of like, you know, someone will bring a sort of a finished song to the band or, you, you know, I'll write something from scratch and I'll figure it out. But Michael and I were kind of like chipping away at it equally. And we, we had like, I want to say, you know, two or three songs in the first like few times we hung out and just kept just kept busting stuff out all mm-hmm. summer. And then Luke got COVID, so he was able to come back over. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's Complete it's a hell circle. it's a hell of a thing to get used to, isn't it? Like like going from like I have always written songs since I was like a teenager by myself in my room for me until I'm ready to show it to anybody. And then yeah. once you start to incorporate somebody in that collaborative process earlier on, it is, it's, it's a real thing to get used to, huh? It really is. It is. Yeah. yeah I mean, especially for, yeah, I mean the EP and, and the album, like I, it really was like, I would, I would have a song 
fully figured out on the guitar, you know, um, with even, you know, like additional parts, at least that I've kind of thought of or whatever. And we would just record the whole thing and, uh, and then Drew would kind of start working on it from there. And so mm-hmm. it has really been like totally different and, and cool and, um, yeah, I mean it's it's been sweet. It's been a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, you, you you guys grow into that relationship, okay? I know it's it was really hard for me at first to to like have the balls to write in front of my band members, and then it was only mm-hmm. recently that like me and my drummer, I started pulling him in early because I was like, I have all these voice memos that are gonna die unless you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> help me help just tell me what not to kill, you know? And right. that was like the first right. time I was like, okay, well you can be here for the rest of it, and it was just like having that kind of free fall, like the first. I noticed like the first time you trust somebody else for that kind of thing, it's, it's a bitch. And then once that happens, you're like, that went great. Let's keep doing it. And then even if it sucks, you're yeah. still like, that was fun. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I find, I find it very hard to, to trust people yeah. in that situation. Right. I mean, at least, at least I thought I did and it's, it's gotten easier or it's just like, we just have good natural chemistry. Yeah. The three of us, which is, which is really cool. It's, 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 it's great, man. It's, you, you got to fight to find those people. Uh, now, Michael, for for the Moonweather stuff, is that by any chance how you guys know uh, Wayne Mills or Derek Ted? I got that some some sort of connection, and or is that you? I I found I found Derek Ted this year. I forget how. I just I fell in love with his. Um, uh, what's the? I mean, one of his songs was was like one of my top songs of the year. Um, Sweet. Shit, man, I gotta be larger than life. I forget what it's called though. <laughs> uh, but that that one, and then his his album before that is like amazing. Yeah, man, um, he's the best. <clears throat> yeah, I, I love Derek Ted. Yeah, I listened to your episode with him on on okay. this podcast. <laughs> so you got some precursor into our, got, our relationship yeah, then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, and and Wayne Wayne's another one that like I I hadn't met him until uh until i met derek and and uh and they used to be in a band together and we did like acoustic shows in like southern california as well nice and it was just one of those things where it you know it it was a show but it almost felt like somebody just passed an acoustic guitar around from like person to person yeah yeah that's awesome oh they did a song too i really like the two of them over the summer yeah when when wayne does acoustic stuff because he hops back and forth between like acoustic beautiful music and like this other like trap hip-hop stuff <laughs> and it's like wow what an identity it is so fun <laughs> yeah. that you get to like knock out those polar polar you know opposite uh characters i should have right, him yeah. on the show too you should <laughs> yeah yeah um okay well i you know i didn't know y'all before this and it's always a different talk when it's like a it's a buddy of mine or if it's somebody new but you know the most obvious thing when i do the research is i see i see I see this big gap between. And I'm covering Michael's face, right, with the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, he's hiding. He's, he's hiding back there. Yeah, you just got a headless horseman playing guitar for you. Um, <laughs> no, the the most obvious thing I see is is this downtime between 2016 and now for for y'all mm-hmm. releasing music. Is that it didn't look like a hiatus either. It looked like something where like that was that was y'all's music, and now you guys have new stuff. Do you have any? So to sort of story around around why, why the space, why the time, and, and, and also like why now to, to start again, you know? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I think going, going forward, I, I would love to release at least something every, every year, you know, if not every like year and a half, whether, whether it's a, a full length or an EP or whatnot. Um, I think we pretty much started working on Violet Paper Wings like 
early 2017, right after we released that EP, it just, it took a while to like figure out what we wanted to do. <clears throat> and just a lot of like life, life-changing stuff. You know, we've moved, we've each moved a handful of times. I feel mm -hmm. like, um, our, you know, work got busy. We both got married in that time. And then we were pretty much done with Violet Paper Wings like a year ago, um, like late 2019 when it went, when it went into mixing. Um, so it's really that, yeah, it's like a three year period that it took, I guess, to write, to write these, the songs that ended up yeah. making the album. Yeah. The, uh, the EP was like, I was just writing like crazy. Um, you know, cause it really started, I was writing all these songs and I sort of envisioned, uh, working with Drew on them and it, it worked out and, and so it was kind of just like, you know, we were just banging through songs, you know, like every time we'd finish something, I'd have a, a, a new song almost finished to record. And, you know, yeah, I think that there was a lot of, for me personally, I think I went through kind of a big writing slump um, kind of after the EP, which led to, at least on my end, I know that, you know, it's, it's you know, there obviously was a lot of things going on at the time, but um for me, it just seemed so much harder to write uh, songs for whatever mm -hmm. reason. I think motivation, just personal, uh, a lot of personal stuff going on around that time. And um, so that really affected uh, songwriting, I think, for me. Um, yeah. But I think recently just there's, uh, especially with the three of us working together now, I think there's been less, a lot of excitement and a lot less pressure on me personally too. I, I feel like in, in a good way, you know, it's like, yeah. I kind of feel like I can come with, I have these cool ideas. It's maybe not a finished song, but me and Michael can sit down and, and really kind of hash things out together. And that feels a lot different than I need to write a fully finished song mm -hmm. before I can bring it, you know, and it, it just kind of feels a little different maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I, I don't know if people really realize what, how long this shit can take sometimes, especially when you, when you have the undertaking of, well, we want to release a full length record, not like we want to conform to the singles thing. That's kind of the way people consume stuff now. So like, mm -hmm. you know, you got to be really bold to make the decision. We're going to make an album. Right. And then you also have to be bold to like, to say like, we're willing to like go away for a while if that's what it takes to like get to the right place. Mm -hmm. And, um, what you're saying, Luke, you know, I, I know that feeling too. You, you can finish a record, you can be gas, and, and there's also like external pressure. Like you feel like there's eyes on you when you make a, a new thing or you just like have writer's block and you're just like, I, I don't know what I have to say. And then, right. and, and it's crazy too. Cause it's like, I've definitely found myself doing like the weird pressure burden to be like, I'm not inspired. I don't have any melodies yeah. or lyrics uh -huh. that I, f I, I don't feel like I need to say anything. Yeah. And that sucks when you have people around you who like you're working with, who, you know, it's like, right. You know, I, somebody's got a baseline, and you're like, that's a cool baseline, but, like, I don't feel anything right now. You right. know, exactly. it's crazy, you yeah. know? Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it is tough. Yeah. Yeah. That, the, the process really changed, like, between the EP and the album, and that's why you have, like... Okay. You know, like, well, when we set out to do the album, I think we, we pretty much intended to do it the same way, where it would be primarily gu guitar-driven, but I, I had picked up a synth, and I was going to start fleshing it out a bit more. Um, on like the back back end with like just composing counter melodies and you know mm. keyboard and synth stuff, and then it just it it just so happened that you know the album is like half 
it's almost half like ballads. Yeah. What what it ended right. up being like piano ballads or synth ballads, which I love. I mean, I love stuff like that, and it. I love how the album kind of turns halfway and becomes that. That was exactly what I. I'm. I'm so glad that that was purposeful. I was gonna ask if you. You know, it really feels like it's. It's like side A is strings and side B is keys, and, yeah. it, and yeah. it's like. Mm-hmm. I'm well, so it, happy to hear that that was purposeful. It was purposeful about halfway through. I think. <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, isn't that isn't that the real purpose though? Isn't it like you. F- if you set out to write the album like that, yeah. you're almost psychotic. Like it, it, <laughs> you really like, true. you need to let it come to you. And once it does, you're like, let's lean into this, right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I'm delighted. It's like too. It was too obvious for it to be a coincidence, but it was like so concerted. I remember being like, okay, cool. Here's the piano song. Like that's how that goes. And then <laughs> once I kept listening, and I was like, well, the rest of these are all the pianos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's very succinctly like an, a side A and a side B. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. I love that. Do you guys plan on pressing anything for it? We've been talking about it. I would love to. We've yeah. never we've never done that. Um, yeah. For this for this group or for other bands, we've well, my, Michael Moonweather they they press vinyl. I've got their vinyl, both of them. Before I even knew Michael, I was listening <laughs> to their music on vinyl. I think it would be really nice to actually like immortalize the the side A side B thing. Like yeah, yeah. You know, seriously. even if it's like a limited run of like 25 to 50, you know, yeah. whatever. It's just small. It would just be really cool to see match. is is there kind of a a like a thematic overview that you guys see to the record like like a thing that like this album's about? Yeah, I I think the through line for to me, the through line is grief and, and ways of grieving and, mm-hmm. you know, not, not always like literal grieving a death of someone, but like grieving a, a friendship that drifted or like grieving like a place that you, you know, you can't go back to or like not, not, not even to be like too precious about it, but like grieving your own childhood in a way um, or like, you know, the, the inner child, I guess. Um, but pretty much every song kind of hits some angle of grief. Yeah, you know, it's that that concept is so closely associated with death mm. to so many people, and it is an important thing to acknowledge. Like, you, you can grieve anything; you can grieve the loss of anything, and it mm. and it it's cool to talk about that in real time. It's cool to acknowledge it while you're making the thing where you're acknowledging it. You know? Yeah. Right. Does it uh, ring out anything else to, to you guys as well, the other two guys? Yeah, I mean, totally. Like, I obviously, um, like for me personally, when I'm when I'm writing, um, I, you know, I, I never really write lyrics or or anything like that, and and so, um, like, I I agree with what Drew's saying in the sense that that's kind of what it turned into, and it was important for me. Uh, as well, you know, kind of just seeing what he was writing about, you know, like as he was writing it and stuff like that. And I don't know. I mean, music has just been such a hugely important part of my life. And, and um, yeah, I think just expressing certain things that I, that I don't know how to express in words sometimes. And, and so I, I feel like the music that I write, and especially the EP, for me, um, you know, kind of is, it, it kind of picture frames this certain time of my life that, that was, um, you know, pretty, pretty rough in some personal ways, I guess. Um, and, and so I guess in a personal sense, it, it has sort of that reflection on it, but, but not in like a, I don't know, not in a bad way, more so just like, um, 
it's kind of a reminder of, of some certain things that were going on around the time of writing it. So I guess for me, it's a little different because I'm not sort of crafting the words. I'm, I'm more so just writing the music itself, you know? That's so interesting to me because I hear the, I hear the EP and I hear it. It's really like, there's a lot of like really buoyant, positive, like Sufiani, like acoustic mm. bounciness to it that, that uh-huh. feels really like fresh and not, you know, sullen in any way. So, you know, I, I think that's just the subjectivity of art. Like, I heard that and I was like, look at all these, these fun, like, you know, <laughs> these thrifty patterns. Boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and also the difference between, you know, part one and part two, right? Like, there's, right, yeah. right. you know, that's, that's, all the, that's all the subjectivity of it, man. That's nuts. Right, right. Um, you, you, and you got to think, here's my, my guess. Michael is, is like... Because I know I've already mentioned Harbor, but they, they have the exact same thing. Their lead guitarist is a guy who was just a fan of the band, and then his band played a show with their band, and then he was, you know, when somebody got booted, he's the, the next guy up. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to think you're, like, biggest fan turned perfect story to, like, work with everybody, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was actually really upset because uh, when they released when you love the same people in 2016, I kept waiting for like, when's the next album going to drop? When's the next? Finally I just messaged them and I was like, all right guys, like, come on. I need, I need the, second, the, the second one. And there is a and pretty I love big that contrast. Now you get to have like, now you get to be the inside job, right? You get to, you get to do that yeah, from the inside. Yeah, you, come on guys. You're, you're driving the car now, baby. That's right. <laughs> Speed it up. <laughs> I had I had somebody calling me and I had to tell them to stop calling me. <laughs> um, w- which track is it that that acknowledges not writing a love song to Ohio? <laughs> that is the last one, which is called "Him." Him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hmm, maybe actually I'll save that for I'll save that for a track by track. I I want to okay. go track by track because there's few enough that it doesn't need to be you know an unbearable. Sure. You ever open that Fader article and you're just like, come on, this is like four, 14? We're going to do 14? It's, <laughs> it's a bit much. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Let's do that, man. Let's that do sounds it. fun to me. All right. So I'm going to crack it open at the top of the album, um, Violet Paper Wings, and it was dropped last month, right? So this is all pretty fresh. But the first song mm. is a track called Blue. Blue. Um, that's actually one of my favorite songs on the record. It's a really good opener. Um, mm. And you guys are pretty... I feel like pretty patient with a lot of these songs, you know, like some of the ones that are like my favorite that are the hookiest are like f- roughly five minutes long. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, uh, anyway. Yeah. What, what is, uh, what's the vibe with blue for you guys? Blue. I mean, blue, blue is kind of the one that cracked it open when we were writing and everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the reason we put it first, probably cause it's also, I mean, it's, it's probably my favorite of the, yeah. of the nine. Um, nice. But, that one started with just guitar, like the whole structure was there. I don't know if you yeah. know, like talk about the tuning maybe or something. Like these guys use fucked up tunings for every <laughs> song. Um, I, I follow a lot of like uh, acoustic instrumental guitar players who are mm-hmm. you know incredibly talented, and a lot of inspiration I get for writing sometimes. The comes August from, Rush stuff. Yeah, that that type. Yeah, yeah that that type of stuff. Yeah, people are like playing on their lap and doing all this crazy shit. And who's playing who's harmonics? That one? Like, not the, because there's the the John, blank trio. Who's that? John Butler trio. Butler trio. Yeah, yeah. right. That one's nuts. And then the, uh, 
There's that other guy that has like a amazing video of him in like the acoustic section of a guitar center. <laughs> that was I remember that just being an enormous YouTube video. Is it, and I can't remember. Is it uh is it Andy McKee? Is that ring a bell? I, I think it is. If he's, you if you crazy. were right, that's an absurd for you to be right about. <laughs> just like nailing one person in I, an entire I, genre. They, I'm pretty sure that yeah, if yeah, I can I think remember you're right. right. <laughs> yeah, so I, I follow a number of different guys, and and one of my favorites is this. Um, it's this Canadian guy. His name is Eric Mongrain, and he's just like out of this world. Um, and he was kind of like my big inspiration, um, even at an early age. I, I think I started listening to him in, in middle school or something like that. Um, he's been sort of a, a general source of inspiration for just me playing guitar in general and writing. And, and so a lot of times, um, yeah, I'll get a lot of inspiration from uh, maybe a certain tuning that he uses, um, or just a certain song, or, or, I'll, or I'll take one of his tunings and sort of modify it and change it and, and kind of just have fun. And um, I remember messing with, yeah, a certain tuning, the, the tuning for Blue, um, which is a little bizarre. And, and I remember just uh, playing around with it for a, a few days, and I just kind of like immediately knew I had something really special and it was just really pretty and deep and sort of uh, like mysterious sounding and uh yeah I, I knew it would like immediately I almost knew like this this is going to be this going to be something it's pretty cool. much all and, there like from the beginning yeah I mean it just kind of all came and and it felt like the whole song felt natural and it like I, yeah, I mean when we recorded it, it was it was yeah fully done on my end. Like the whole guitar song, I guess was was done, and I could just like I could just picture Drew singing just crazy cool stuff on it, you know. So it took me a a, a while to figure out the structure of it because the structure is pretty understated. Like the verses and the choruses, if you want to call them that, are like pretty similar. And then you have the the ending, which is like kind of a you know a, a bridge that ends on. It took me a while to figure out what to do with it vocally. Um, <clears throat> what I ended up doing is taking this bit of prose, or yeah, this bit of prose that my sister-in-law Julia wrote, and it's pretty short. And I chopped it up and I like overlapped. Um, I mean, it's it's not very like straight lyrical arc. It's more like mosaic-y, I, I would say, the way the words are. There's tons of different things happening at the same time and you can't really follow a single thread if you just listen through it like once or twice. Um, <clears throat> but I've got the I've got the little prose here. I'd love to read it because it's it's really fucking yeah, good. Hit, Julia, her name is Julia Kendall, and she's um, she's a phenomenal writer. But this is this was the starting the starting off point. Once in a blue moon, my brave face curls up at its edges like a paper plate. It hangs off my cheeks like paint chips on a garage door. And every gloom I ever knew gnaws at my skin and rips up the glue. And then there is my face, underneath, like rabbits withering beneath the blue deck. And I'm not so alone, and I'm not alone. I am the culmination of a memory. Wow. So that's the prose. And then pretty much all the lyrics of the whole song are that chopped up and rearranged and in variants of that that's mm-hmm. fucking awesome i really like that concept i like the the idea of looking at it as like this can be anywhere because that's the allure of the song too is is voices being on top of each other with it's almost like the voices in the guitar kind of doing the same sort of thing you know mm-hmm. right and um and y- you guys can like play into each other's strengths both that way 
And yeah, and and you know, I love um, like there's a there's a Darwin D's song. Do you know that guy, Darwin D's? Darwin D's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't I, ring a bell. I, I love him. I I forget which song it is, but he has this song, where the outro of it, of it is, uh, care do not, I you can't words my twist, <laughs> and like and it's all just like uh you know you. I don't care. You can twist my words, but he just uh-huh. twisted those words. And yeah. You're like, Fuck you, man. That's yeah. brilliant. You know? That's so cool. Yeah. That's yeah. I'll have to check that out. Darwin D's. Darwin so D's. Darwin D's. D-E-E-Z. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I probably listened to that song a bunch just cause it was catchy, mm-hmm. like way before I, I caught what he was doing, mm. you know? <laughs> and you hope I, you know, a good song, if it's going to be like kind of lyrically brilliant or clever with like, as a piece of poetry, it helps for the song to be catchy enough as well, right. you know, at the same time, yeah. right? So, so like with that song, it's like it's really pretty, and the fact that there's that story behind it kind of feeds into the same the same beast. I love yeah. that. That 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 song was the blue specifically was was definitely kind of both of our favorite for a long uh-huh. time. It, it was the one that we both felt adamantly like we don't want to release this as a single. We want this to be sort of saved for the sure. album, and it, and we want it to be the first song that people hear on the album. It just like I think felt, it sets the tone. It felt right. It sets yeah, the tone I mean, pretty yeah. well for the whole thing. Yeah, it was it was a pretty special song when we kind of were working on it. Yeah, well, the first three kind of hit you like pretty pretty radly. It's not a word because <laughs> uh, the next one's next one's fresh berries, right? Where can I buy yeah. fresh berries at night? Is is uh you know definitely one of those like it's almost title first, right? It almost feels <laughs> like, and then it's the last line in the song, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. but but it feels like. Let's let's catch you with the title, you know. Yeah, yeah. What, what's the story behind that one? Um, the story with that one is, well, <clears throat> I I think it's sort of about the uncanny valley, um, and like, the new ways that people grieve in like a, the digital, online era, because there's all this stuff left behind when people do die, um, you know, just things they wrote and and said. Um, just in the ether. But I read this article about these, um, this guy who died and his, and they were pretty young. These two guys are pretty young. And the one friend um, ended up making like a chat bot from all the email correspondence and like texts and all, you know, any, anything written down digitally that, that she had, she made this, this AI like chat bot <clears throat> of her, of her late friend and she called it a, a, a living monument or I think she called it a living monument. There's a really cool article about it. And there's all these chat logs that are embedded in the article with all this, like, you know, like AI, it's an AI like chatbot. So a lot of it sounds weird and, and it's like, it's uncanny Valley. It's like, it's, that's the best way I can describe kind of what reading some of the stuff that, uh, this this chatbot says and a lot of the words in the you know a lot of the lyrics that I ended up using in that song are from are from that chatbot in the article and I actually like downloaded the like it was in the play store and I downloaded it and I like talked to it a little bit um, and I was like I I'm gonna write I'm gonna try to write a song about this whole thing you know like what do you think and it it I don't remember what it said it was just like it it was it was a pretty like rudimentary like in terms of like chat like AI you know like mm-hmm. very very 
just just taking snippets of actual things that this this person said and not really like doing any like computer learning I guess um, mm-hmm. which is what it's just like it all just felt so eerie and weird but it's also just like this beautiful thing that this this person did for someone who died like too young and who, who, the, yeah. who she loved and I don't know it's like a lot of conflicting swirling emotions about it when I read it that article just stuck with me for a long time like I read that article probably four years ago and the song just I it just was consumed by it and that's that's what yeah. the song is really you know I, I think about the whole like like the Tupac thing about people being like how's he still coming out with records he just <laughs> you know recorded so much shit he can last forever and I think about any any person from our generation who's making music like is gonna have so much shit, whether it's voice memos or fully recorded songs that just like are gonna like exist on their laptop or like it's I mentioned true. earlier, die. Yeah, and and it's and like the posthumous version of that is gonna take so long for anybody to sort through, you know. <laughs> and that's just like the pro- the 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 outcome of of I don't know. I guess just digitizing every single thing that any of us ever goes through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you just need like a savvy producer to come in and just take everything and like can release stuff for decades. Yeah. Holy shit. It's kind that's of scary. Like a, <laughs> that's actually like a really good idea for a startup that we can't make till 60 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're in at the uh, ground floor with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um all right. What about uh what about dog fence weeds? Dog fence weeds. This feels the most like a. It was this. This was a single, right? This feels the most like a straight up yep. single yep. length. Yeah. You know, like, like the the. It does one of the things that's like one of my favorites, which is like, and I think you guys do this twice in the record where you're like, oh, drums came in, not where I thought they would come in. You know, yeah. we'll do <laughs> the best. Right? Yeah, it's the only way we'd ever do drums. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one was definitely probably the most single esque. Uh, I would say. Yeah. I mean, it's it's got more of a hook than we usually write. Mm-hmm. It's more structured like traditional verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Um, it's got it's got a a blend of of, of acoustic guitar, uh, live drums, grand piano, live grand piano, and then a bunch of like arpeggiating synths and electronic drums, and. Um, Glenn, the guy who mixed it, just mixed all that stuff together perfectly. It just sounds like an in-between acoustic and electric song. Totally, I, I just love the, the the balance of that. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, that that puts me in like a like a like a howdy or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of that kind of band that that even though they're plugged in, it always feels like there's a downbeat nature to it. You know, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds like like rock bands that like you don't necessarily need to like show off all the time. Right, you yeah. could just use them as elements, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think I cut you off, Luke. What were you saying? Oh, I wouldn't say anything. Oh, okay. Then I didn't, and I just uh, <laughs> misinterpreted your facial expression. <laughs> I'm giving you mixed sub- signals over here. <laughs> I like that. I appreciate it. Keep me on my toes. That's right. Uh, <laughs> what about counting deer? Counting deer? Um, well, that that one hung around for a while. It took a long time to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. Um, it was one of the earlier guitar songs you brought yeah. forward um and i think it was the, maybe the very last one we finished from the vocal standpoint yeah yeah i think so um 
yeah, it's, pretty- it's always t- it's always tough with those songs. You're like, I believe in this. I know there's some merit to it, and I can't crack it yet. You know? Yeah, it yeah, it was it was hard. Like it was really hard that one. And I, I we always kind of felt like it was more of a filler song, but yeah. it seems like it's one that people have have been liking more right. more than, than we others, thought. More than we thought, yeah. at least. Mm-hmm. I think it's the only song I've ever used to pick on and record. <laughs> yeah, yep. It's very very. <laughs> I was like, Chunky. I was trying to do like a, you know, like a. I was wondering how you were getting that. Yeah. <laughs> I was just trying to get like the the biggest like no Fleet Foxes strum kind of thing I could do or whatever. Sure. And I was inspired at the time. Yeah, I wrote it and I really liked it, and then I I kind of didn't like it for a while, but it yeah it stuck around. It was yeah. you know eventually, and I was like you know what I yeah. It, I feel like I kind of had to sell sell it a little bit to even get it on there yeah i mean we we didn't really have any extra songs to spare to cut sure. so. <laughs> but, do, but yeah. do you know what i like though is like there's a like it's clear you guys are mellow like this is a mellow record and there's a mellowness to like you guys you know even like being like yeah this is this is the chunky one right it's like, <laughs> there's there's like a ceiling that's like well comparatively you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Is there a, is there like a, you know, I know everybody has, everybody's going to have their like individual, like this is my taste. This is my perfect record. This is it, you know, but like as a band, is there something that you guys come together on? What are like, what are like the albums that help you guys, you know, bond and like Mm. speak each other's language to get influentially? Oh, we were actually the past couple days been talking about Alex G G a lot. Sure. uh, Yeah. With House of Sugar and uh, Rocket. Yeah, I think Rocket's probably my favorite. I think there's a there's a lot to a dude who's like, you know, just extraneously like, that's not a good voice, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. <you know? laughs> yeah. He makes some fucking crazy production choices. I mean, yeah. every song, yeah. somehow it's a record that's a cohesive record, but, like, you have, like, Sports Star, which is the first song I heard by him, and I love it. It's just, like, this auto-tuned like driving like electric song and then you've got like the one right before that is the one where he's just like fucking screaming and uh, yeah uh, yeah it's and then he's got like fiddle and yeah (laughs) have you heard that porches remix of sports star no highly recommended i actually like it better than the original it's great okay damn shit yeah we're, Um, we're definitely all like very if there's a if there's a record that like I'm really into, I yeah. I feel pretty confident like I could send it to these guys and they'll probably like it a lot. Too. You know, it, it's just kind of I feel like all of our our musical tastes are all pretty well aligned, very yeah. similar. Obviously, you know, we have differences and and yeah. come from different backgrounds and stuff, but um yeah. Well, no, that's great. I mean, that's great. I think it's it's funny, it's just, there's like, especially at the beginning of a band, when you're like forming something and trying to f- feel each other out in terms of like, what what's your vibe, what do you listen to? There becomes a thing where it's like, what's the shorthand? Like, what did we find together right. early on that like, I can speak your language by saying like, this particular Bombay Bicycle Club record, and then <laughs> now we, we're right. off to the races. You know what I mean? Flaws. Like, Flaws. I think, right, exactly. Um, all right, yeah. What about, a, so I feel like, Stole You Moon is like the romantic one. Is it? It feels like it feels like the the closest thing to a love song on this album. Yeah, I think you're right about that. It's probably the only one that could even like pass as a love song, even if it isn't yeah. quite a love song. It's um, 
uh, yeah, it's like it's it's like a playful, kind of melancholy, but I would say it's a love song. And I like um, the prompt I used for the for writing the lyrics on that um, are you know grapefruit the uh, Yoko Ono, the poetry book, the Flexus poetry book. Yeah, I've never read it, but but I do know what you're talking I, about. I've I've never yeah. I mean, you can't really like read it front to back because it's just you know scattered and it's fun right. to it's fun to leaf through though. Okay. And I was doing that, and I found I I didn't I didn't bookmark it, but I I found like <clears throat> one of the um, one of the prompts in there, or one of the, the the poems or stage directions or whatever you want to call it, was steal a moon on the water with a bucket and keep stealing until there's no moon seen on the water or something like that. And so I, I kind of use that as like a prompt and I, um, I kind of went from there and just thought of other like sort of silly romantic, like, um, you know, cute little things you could say like that. Um, and I also like, I was thinking about, Yoko and John a lot when I was writing the song because it you know I, I think about about Yoko like publicly having to grieve his death when he was murdered and I had just read this this biography by Rob Sheffield about the Beatles and I was like in a very Beatle mood and um sure the Beatles were like my first love too as like a kid it's like my my entrance into like loving music um so yeah it's it's I don't know. I, th- I think about a lot of things, but I think about I think about John and Yoko and and uh, and grapefruit. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you read this one by any chance? Here, there, and everywhere. No, no, I have not. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I highly I- recommended from a from a from a totally different stance. It's it's like less interpersonal and more about like the recording process. This one's a Love little that. more like. This one's more like listen to the album that they're talking about while you're reading that oh, chapter. That's you I know love what that. I'm saying. Cool. I'm yeah, very that's the, about that. That's like a yeah. That's that's the fun way to do this one. I I always like that. Like you know, there's goddamn so much material on those guys, right? Yeah. Like, oh, could insane. you leave more of a legacy in less than ten years? But <laughs> but um, but like the the there's different ways to approach each of the things, and that's why I like that's like one of my favorite ways to read books. If because like I don't know about you, I like just really like autobiographies of like musicians and comedians mm. and all that stuff. Mm. Like that's the most interesting thing to me. Perhaps why I like doing this show or, yeah, or listening yeah. to these kinds of yeah, shows. I was gonna right? say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that all folds into itself, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, but uh but I like that that's a good way to uh to approach the track. I you you seem to have a very like uh almost research based version <laughs> of approaching lyrics. It almost feels like you're like, okay, well uh as opposed to just like let's whip something out of thin air, it's like let's have this be like a, a case study or response to something else. I re- that's a lot of mm. fun, man. Mm. Yeah, I love, I love, I love that part of it. I love writing words. It's probably my favorite part of the whole process. I, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Well, what it does is it makes it makes something concrete. At least, even in your mind, even if no, it, it's never anything to anybody else. Like, mm-hmm. there's got to be like you, the story of your band to you guys, or like to you and those close to you. You know. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, Michael, is there anything that you, like, pulled from the band, like, having listened to them and, like, known them? Like, do you think there's ever moments where you're like, oh, I'm kind of in on this more than other people because I care about it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, 
like I said, for the first EP, um, some of the guitar work and the vocal layering on there was just really stunning to me. I, I mean, I listened to that album probably like every day for a couple months. Um, that definitely influenced me wanting to go to more open tunings and start learning how to finger pick because I, I, I didn't even pick up on finger picking until like re recently, like within the past year. And I was also late to the game, yeah. Yeah, pretty late, <laughs> but also just some of the vocal layerings that Drew does over Luke's stuff. It, it actually, and especially in Dog Fence Weeds, it reminded me a lot of it's like something like Brian Wilson would do. Sure. And I remember that. Yeah. You know, he he's one of my favorite artists, and a lot of that stuff just grabbed me, and um, yeah, kind of just made me want to experiment with some more like some more open tunings and stuff like that to kind of complement what Drew's doing. Yeah. Yeah, man. When you listen to some of those Beach Boys like the intricate pet sound song and you're just like, "Yeah. Who let him go?" Oh. <laughs> like, who let him do that? But it's like beautiful, you know. <laughs> I love that record so much. Me yeah. too, man. Um okay, so we're 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 entering the ballad zone. Oh shit. <laughs> we're in the ballad zone. Next song's Mud Hens. Mudhens, Mudhens actually was like a very, uh, it was an older song that I had written that I didn't really have a home for. And mm -hmm. I probably wrote it while, when we were still doing the first EP, but the first EP was very like, you know, acoustic guitar forward and it just kind of sat on a shelf for a while. And then I started adding like synth stuff to it and it just it just kind of ended up working with the rest of the songs, especially the latter half songs. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't have much to say about it really. It's sort of just you know Im images from childhood, um, specific images from childhood, and then like some vague, you know, just like impressions and like half memories. Um, I was on I was on a baseball team called the Mud Hens when I was like. I don't know how old I was sometime in middle school I, and I, a, a I, youth, a youth. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I like, I loved playing baseball. I was always really, really bad at it, but I loved it. Dude. And I don't know. I, I don't know why it's called mud hens except for that. Just like, a, if you can, you if know. you can like lock down a snapshot of, of that youth, that, I think that's, that's the important part, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I I was on a team called the Charizards. Hey, in soccer, it's incredible. It's pretty cool. I don't think. I, who knows if we were good? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> oh man, um, which one of you guys was the accordion guy when when that started? Uh, that was so. Drew and I played in a in a another Columbus band together, Deadwood Floats, and um, I yeah. I don't even know how I started playing accordion, but, uh, <laughs> or why. Uh, I, f I found that to be an interesting tidbit, wherever yeah, I found that. <laughs> yeah, I really, you know, quite honestly, I, I you know, I, I never knew how to play it, even when, even when I did. You, you're good at picking up anything, though. Yeah, That's the I, thing about Luke. Like, he's, he's a phenomenal guitar player. He never played guitar in that band. He played drums, accordion... <laughs> Auxiliary percussion, all yeah. kinds of shit. Just random, random yeah. shit. Yeah, I, it was kind of funny. Like, so you know, Michael's coming in having really enjoyed, 
you know, Phil Hollow stuff or, or whatever. And, and Drew was in a group um, that I, I had a friend, Katie, who, who played violin uh, in this group, Deadwood Floats. And, um, and I, you know, really loved their music. And I was super stoked to, you know, basically join up with them. So um, I think, yeah, I, I don't know. It just kind of happened out of nowhere. I think, I, I think my parents had an accordion just <laughs> sitting in my house and I started playing it. Oh, you know, I think it was, what it was, was, um, I think I started learning Mumford and Son songs. I was like really into Mumford at the time, you know, cause this, this was like in high school or something. Because yeah. you were alive during 2010. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Cause you're a little lion man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, learned how to play that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and Beirut, we were very into Beirut. Yeah, Beirut, that's, that's another, yeah, sure. that's important that's one, yeah. yeah. I think we yeah, just that's... wanted you to be in the group, and we were like, what should he do? Yeah, every other <laughs> he role. He has an accordion. Every role was filled, so I played the damn accordion. It's like the guy in Yellow Card that got to play violin. It's like, they don't, why do they need an electric fiddle player? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's me. Um, no, I think... Uh, I think that's like a crucial thing to acknowledge too is like having your kind of skill set Luke is is great in the recording booth it's great like in the creation of something and like figuring out layers and stuff and then when you get to like live you're just like this sucks man there's two of us <laughs> three now yeah yeah and there's like all this it's like what are we gonna do just like bring a laptop up and and, and like have all these <laughs> organic things come out in the most digital possible way right, or what like right. how do you guys approach that honestly well I mean strip it down pretty much Pretty much, I feel like it's like a studio project. Like, we don't play live that much. Yeah. Well, especially we, not over the last we, year. But we've, you know. Why not? Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we have done a couple. We've done two, exactly two live streams. They went, they went well. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. the same, but. That's because you stopped it, too. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't learn about when it can't isn't gonna go well anymore right <laughs> there's only so many live streams you can do until you're just I like know. well I, know. I guess i'll play the same fucking song i played <laughs> I know. no we yeah. did we like the engagement was cool at the beginning we did the same thing everybody did you know you're just yeah. like clamoring you're like i miss fucking dopamine and yeah. like the endorphin exchange of like us interacting so maybe i'll just right. like basically play you songs while like receive comments from the same people that are going to watch this stuff yeah uh-huh. when we did it when we did a single release we had a good we had a great like private live stream that was awesome that's, that's, it was yeah, like a, that's awesome it was we like ticketed a zoom so they could like we could see their faces and they could ask us questions huh. and we could like do requests like that was tight that's that's really cool yeah i feel like live i mean originally when i was writing a lot of these songs i you know wrote them in a sense as like just guitar and vocals um yeah sure and so i it's guess it's only gotten harder to figure out the live situation <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah seriously harder. i mean as we've progressed it's yeah, it's gonna become more complicated but at least in the beginning it was kind of easy just to you know play pretty much all of our songs stripped down to just me sure. mm-hmm. uh, and drew and i would do some uh limited harmonies with drew and um and that was kind of it you know it was just sure, guitar yeah. and vocals and, and i yeah yeah and we've probably only played I mean, we've never really we've never toured obviously right. we're not we're not like road warrior guys we've probably only played in four years i want to say like 10 shows maybe yeah it's just like wild yeah we're just we that's we really just write and yeah. record i mean 
it's kind of where the joy is for us, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's great. I mean, everybody yeah. has their thing. I think it took being the road guy, like mm-hmm. always having been like a show guy. I think it took me a while to like understand that like, you know, music's music's the the umbrella, and like, there's a million spokes that people can like, you know, e- exist in, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, man, it's great. It's great that you guys like learn early. Like, this is what we. This is the main part we like to do, and then and then you can have like the shows be a uh, like an addendum to the recording, as right. opposed to the opposite, right? Right. Yeah, I mean, um, back back when we were playing together in Deadwood Floats, we played like you know, two shows a month for you know a few mm-hmm. years straight, and uh, yeah, we played. It'll burn you out. We played, played a lot. lot. <laughs> yeah, mostly like you know, like college clubs and campusy campusy clubs and yeah. bars. But uh-huh. mm-hmm. those are so f- that was so fun though. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, crazy, what an era. Just raucous. And, yeah. All right. What about this track, Anvil? Anvil. The most ballady of the ballads. Um, yeah, it's got the it's got the best piano trills, I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, gosh, I mean that. So that's so. If Mud Hens is the um, is the uh, grieving the inner child, I guess. Then Anvil is like the more adult counterpart of that. That that one specifically is about just like a friendship that I had not even one in particular, but just like friendships, you know, that you have generally that over time dissipate. And also like the loss of my aunt in like 2012 is kind of, kind of tied up in there too. And it's just like the whole, I guess the whole thing hinges on like the impermanence of any, of anything. And I I talk about life or memories with people as like smells, uh, like cooking smells. And, you know, it's like the longer away you get from the moment, the less you can, you know, the more warped your memory is or like the less you can remember or, you know, it's, it's sort of like all wrapped up in like a cooking, cooking metaphor, I suppose. That's cool. Yeah. Have you, have you heard that, that, that theory that like every single time you, recall a memory it's a copy of the last time you remembered it so it's just more and more distant from mm. the initial experience mm. copy of a copy yeah. copy of a copy of Shit. a copy it's like a yeah and then and then you know it's like when you burn cds and by the time you yeah. do like the fourth time you're like this shit does not sound good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hardly plays anymore uh, exactly yeah. um yeah that feels that feels tied up in there somewhere too um so this is actually one of my favorite tracks actually true aquatic empathy oh. i think is uh like i think i think the the album like sneaks up on you again with this track too because you're like i feel like i got it figured out and then and then it twisted on me again going harder into the synth zone yeah yeah um yeah i think this is one of my one of my favorites too and it was it was the most fun to record because so we actually we record everything here in my third bedroom like to call it a home studio is really generous (laughs) It's it's just a bedroom that's not. That's okay, for man. Sound. I'm in Los Angeles. You're like looking at my entire. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful, by the way. Um, oh, I love the dresser. <laughs> but but yeah, we you like the paint job on yeah. it. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, but yeah, we did we did go into like we rented out a studio, a real studio space to do all the live drum work mm-hmm. and the piano work. So this one features li- like pretty significant live drums, which we wrote in the studio. While, you know, while we were there, mm-hmm. um, 
and the piano is not super up front in the mix, but there's a lot of a lot of piano adding like adding some beef behind mm-hmm. all the synth stuff. A lot of depth, yeah. Um, and yeah, this is like probably the longest song I think, and the most maybe the most different sounding. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think that's why we put it towards the end because you had to had to like wake people up a little bit after two. Uh, sad piano ballads. <laughs> that's that's the art of the track list, yeah. man. That's what I miss about having all these singles come out and everything has to be like yeah. so. You know, it's yeah. like that's the art of the track list. I love I love thinking about track lists. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. It's so fucking. That, fun. That's Drew's baby. <laughs> man, I, I, you ever? I, it takes a lot to be like a listener and to be like they fucked this one up. You <laughs> like? <laughs> I've definitely heard albums where I'm like, why is single number 10 of 11? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. Cool track. Uh, and then him, I am I'm specifically interested in that, in that line of uh, that, that concept of like, you know, ironically writing a love song to a location, but by acknowledging that you wouldn't, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, it's very cheeky in that way. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, I wish I wish I had more to say about it than just that. It is sort of just like that. That was the first line. That that line popped into my head as a response mm-hmm. to some to some song I heard probably at the time. Because there are always those like those like proud like home hometown home state songs that mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to not not to shit on it, but I I just sometimes get a bit. I don't know. I roll my eyes a bit at it sometimes. <laughs> I, I think especially once it becomes, uh, like, it's almost a joke in the pop punk genre. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Like, you could, like, do the pop punk song and you could just go, here's the formula. Like, mention pizza, yeah. your hometown, yeah. some girl that broke uh, your heart, oh and get the fuck out of there. You are you know? set. <laughs> you are set. A day to remember. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of where where it comes from. You're like, well, I know this is well trodden territory, so yeah. it's nice to have a have a twist on any cliche, right? Yeah, it just it just goes head on at it, and but it's like when you're saying the exact opposite of something just to just to say the opposite. It's like you're just anti this thing, or you're just right. being a contrarian. Then you end up like you're participating in the same thing. So it, 100%. it is a love song to Ohio. That's like the bit, I guess. Of course, um, yeah, yeah, dude. That's the person. That's the person going on Instagram to say, "Hey, I'm not gonna be on Instagram for a while." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's hey, my my fans, don't freak out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you might not hear from me on this platform where I'm yeah. announcing that you won't hear from me. <laughs> a, a lot of people have been asking about whether or not I'll attend the inauguration. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> many people have been asking. <laughs> That kind of that that's that's all the songs on it. Do you guys have a? Uh, maybe I'll pose this one to like everybody individually. Like, do, is there anything? What do you feel is like the biggest difference between either an approach to the first EP in this new record or or the outcome? Like, do you, what what do you find are the biggest differences between the the two projects? I think I think for me it it's all about the the production choices we made and like I I mixed the first EP and I you know I I don't really know how to mix well and if it was anything more than a guitar and a voice i i wouldn't have been able to do it sure Um, but we actually hired like uh a guy to mix it 
who made who who basically you know made a lot of choices we wouldn't have made that mm. we ended up loving and that really shaped right. the, this the end sound yeah um, so yeah it's it's hard for me not to just see the difference in the pretty stark difference in the production value and the yeah because there's like a like I mentioned the youthfulness to the first record that that like I think there's something special about that song clotheslines you know I think it's a that's like a really cool track and uh, and I know everybody's got their relationship to their their initial stuff that's going to be different than like how an audience perceives it you know mm-hmm. I always think it's interesting for for to go backwards and talk to somebody about their old work especially when it's like looking back on it from from now right yeah i mean i i i think kind of the biggest difference was uh drew's sort of um instead of drew receiving finished songs drew drew you know because drew's obviously written written tons of music before but having i guess more prominent writing role uh you know musically on the album and um and i think too yeah like the the adding in a lot of like the, the um, added uh, vocal effects and, and uh, synths and, and things like that um, was, you know, we, we did like a, a very light amount of that on the EP. Um, mm-hmm. I think you did a lot of stuff with your voice, you know, would, would kind of experiment. But that's kind of the biggest difference to me on the album is, is sort of choosing to include a lot more of that. Like I remember when we were doing our first takes of, of uh, Barry's, and Drew started doing all this synth stuff, I remember just being like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I like this. You know, and just kind of being weirded out by it. But, like, over time, it, it really kind of developed, obviously, and shaped up. so and, funny uh, when you're resistant to that stuff, yeah. you know? You're I, just I like, mean, what? I would hear it. And then it's the... <laughs> like, we always send bounces, or, he, you know, yeah. Drew always send me bounces of just kind of new ideas and stuff. And I remember just, like, laughing, listening <laughs> to the synth, because it was just guitar vocals in this, like kind of cheesy sounding synth line yeah. or whatever and uh you know yeah, the, drum, but it, the drums and piano helped to yeah it, it shaped it up a lot and obviously everything being mixed uh, you know well glenn is well, so good at, at, at taking synth tones and making them sound better like yeah. a lot better <laughs> well that's the vulnerability of being a writer is you have to send something to some other guy you have to trust that they'll they'll get that you're you know yeah or 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 you just every single time have to do that caveat where you go like this yeah. but good sound yeah like, like, see, like yeah. see this to the its logical conclusion of what it could of what it could be <laughs> right right <laughs> i hope that they're connecting the dots in in the direction that i meant <laughs> oh um Luke, are you finding any of, uh, you know, you guys just put out a record and, and we know from last time a feeling of like being sapped perhaps right. or like not knowing how to approach that. Like what may, maybe to all of you guys, like what's your outlook for 2021 making more songs, you know, approaching new projects, you feeling sapped or you feeling kind of energized, especially now having Michael having another, you know, head to, to, to bounce all this shit through. Yeah. I was, um, like, uh, I was a little, you know, hesitant at first at the idea of adding a third just because you know like a third member to the group I think initially because I was just really like kind of protective of this writing process and and I kind of felt like it needed to be me writing everything Um, not because I I you know think super highly of my writing but it just kind of felt personal and and of course um so as that's changed a lot and as obviously Michael and I've been playing together a lot I think that there's been like a, a, a ton of fresh excitement um, and a lot of new possibilities and and I think 
what will hopefully be, um, you know, a lot more depth on the next thing we release, you know, um, a lot more depth musically. And um, so I, you know, I feel super excited uh, personally, and, and I feel like um, I've actually been writing quite a bit and um, have been pretty, um, yeah, pretty active uh, in that sense. And, and so it definitely feels a lot different uh, than the EP into the album. This feels kind of sure. like a, a fresh new excitement fresh that reminds me more of when I was first writing for the EP, really. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I think it'll be really, um, I think it'll be really cool. And I'm, I'm my goal, um, and I think our goal collectively, yeah, like what, uh, with what Drew was saying earlier, is um, to just be, you know, writing more frequently, um, tossing around more ideas, you know, just really uh, trying to regularly just. Uh, release new stuff because i mean that's that's what we love to do and well that's the hope right the goal is like creativity begets creativity right. not like creativity and now i'm fucking out for a while right, yeah. right? like i've been through both man yeah. it, it it you hope you can you can work through that sort of thing mm-hmm. yeah i feel like yeah. we're feeling pretty jacked up right now yeah pretty manically writing new, new stuff. <laughs> even if we're not finishing yeah. stuff we're ready got a lot of got a lot yeah. of big ideas over right. here yeah tons. good good man well, are you guys ready for uh, for my lightning round? It doesn't need to be fast. It's just the questions I ask everybody. Oh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this one might be short because uh, what's, what's, this is, uh, I usually ask everybody what, what the best and worst show they've ever played are. So this could be <laughs> in Fellow Hall. This could be, you know, outside of it when you guys were playing more shows. But what's the best show you can think of that you've played? Oh, shit. Um... I have, I have. Honestly, man, I the, the first show we did yeah. as Fellow Hollow uh-huh. was, <clears throat> it was like for this, it's like a fundraiser thing, and it was a very small, small, intimate show. We had just released the EP, and it was in like this this photography studio yeah. loft, like this, cool. and like we just sat, we sat there, and everyone who was there was kind of sitting on the floor in front of us, yeah. and we're very like attentive and quiet and very receptive to, quiet, yeah. to all the stuff. And uh-huh. I just remember being like, you know, we, we had just released it. We didn't know if people were going to like any of it. Yeah. And I really, I think of that, of that show a lot. Yeah. And you know, we yeah. haven't played that many since then. Right. <laughs> like, it, yeah. Um, that was, spe- that was a special. That one. was, yeah, that was a really cool experience, especially for the first show and for sure, yeah. what, you know, the kind of music we were aiming to write and it kind of was just yeah. like everything was perfect about it was it, so know? well lit yeah it was great it just, everything studio. about it was so cool Photo studio. gorgeous <laughs> yeah love that what about uh what about worst show uh i've never played with them before but i've certainly one with moon weather <laughs> comes to mind um hit it <laughs> when we were in san francisco driving up to a show in sacramento at like five or six p.m so it took like six hours to get there <laughs> and then there ended up being like two people staying to watch it one of which was like a security guard guy <laughs> and i think we ended up selling him a shirt and uh they wouldn't turn off the like golden state warriors game so there's like but we just kind of looked at it as like a practice but it's kind of hard looking out of this big room and just seeing like you know one person there <laughs> that, God, man, that, that's so... that's pretty demoralizing <laughs> yeah i've been i've been on stage so many times where I outnumber the people in the crowd and I'm just like <laughs> it's a bad feeling. living the dream <laughs> <laughs> I think one of the one of the worst shows that I can remember as far as Phil Hollow goes is we played a 
know you're gonna say. Early on, we, I think that we assumed that we would be kind of playing our music in. It was around Christmas time, and we were playing this like little show thing. And I think they just wanted. I thought that they were asking us you're to play about our music. The the, the morning. The morning meeting show? The the Christmas. You remember the Christmas? Uh, what ended up being like a Christmas party that we basically played sad, oh. depressing acoustic music. <laughs> and there was no there was no PA. Yeah, right? there's no PA. Oh, it was everything <laughs> yeah. about it was just I remember uh, that. it was really awkward and we didn't know how to play any Christmas songs. No, we, we didn't play bad. any Christmas songs. We, we just played, played sad our acoustic we just played our stuff. Oh man. People were eating donuts just did, and bagels. <laughs> I just did that Christmas episode of this show and the secret to every Christmas song, they all have a D seven, man. Every single thing has this turnaround D seven. You know, you're like yeah, that's that's literally how you turn the song around. <laughs> every every single Christmas song, you're like Sinatra, you know, whoever, like <laughs> Rudolph the Red Nose, it doesn't matter. Yeah. There's always that. That's the that's the turnaround. Damn. Dude, that's why I hate Christmas music so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, what about, so uh, I just want to run through maybe like a big lesson you've learned about each of these things. So what's a big lesson you've learned about writing? I don't know. I feel like when it rains, it pours. Otherwise, some, there's not a lot <laughs> happening. I don't know. <laughs> sure, I, I've, been, yeah. I've been writing less than I used to when I was younger because I've been more of a, more of a producer role, I guess, with this, with this um, project, aside from, from words, writing the words. Um, but... I don't know. Yeah, it's like sometimes you just have to sit down and make yourself work, even if you don't have any ideas. And sometimes you'll come up with something, and a lot of times you just won't. But it's still a good time spent, I think. Yeah. Yeah, man. There's so, there's so much banging your head against the wall sometimes, and there's other times you're like, "This shit's easy, man. Give me a hard one." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I think for me, um, uh, I I feel like a lesson I learned was like sometimes songwriting is is like actual work you know like for me i think it's felt a lot like things come together and i feel like i'm just uh, yeah like in a writing frenzy and things just feel right and i'm just going yeah and uh and then if i don't have that sort of sense going on then i kind of just you know i'm not writing you know and uh I don't know. Like, I think that we should be inspired when we're writing. I think that is important. And, and I think that those songs do feel special when, when things just start to feel right about them. But sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially work. if you're in a slump. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like work. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you know, you really got to put the time in, you got to put an effort. Um, you're not always going to feel super great about what you're doing, but if you're remaining active, it's like, um, I think that's something that, you know, I wasn't doing going into the album that led to, um, you know, it sort of being prolonged or, um, you know, not writing as much as, as maybe I normally would be or something like that. Sure. What about a big lesson in collaborating? That's like what we're living through now. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I've kind of realized that, uh, it's nice working with other people and not feeling like I have to like, you know, like Luke would, come up with these full song ideas I've never been able to do that I've more just been taking like 
ideas that might sound cool if they're just guitar and just presenting them to Luke and Drew and I don't really have to take a lot of the burden they can just they, they help out a lot with that and mm -hmm. it, it definitely makes it a lot easier to you know sit at home and and play and you know think this would be something that they might like and they could definitely add to yeah, it's great to have, like, supplementary skill sets. You know, yeah. it's great to be like, I, c I can fill this zone and somebody else can, like, either take it further or, like, have that level of, um, like, that editorial experience or, or just, like, an ear for it, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I think for me, just even being convinced that collaborating is, is good and, uh, like effective or productive you know because bef like I've just always been such a, a sort of solo writer that's just how I've always been and I that's you know it's like my personality is to kind of just do things sure. on my own or whatever and um so even just you know yeah being convinced that that collaborating is 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 really sweet and will ultimately lead to you know like more quality music, uh, I think, in a lot of a lot of senses, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, I think that's honestly been personally that's been a thing for me. Yeah, huge lesson. Yeah, yeah. And things can things can go in different directions than you that you would never <clears throat> anticipate or, or dream right. up on your own. Right. And totally, just, like it's a nice like uh, it's like a trust building thing where you can just let let go of it a little bit and know that you know, someone else will pick it up and see it freshly and see it with new eyes and make it, make it better. Mm. And then the next time you pick it back up, you got, you know, a million more ideas than you had when you let go of it before. Yeah. Right. What about a big lesson in producing? Or just any lesson? Um, I think I, I've really liked having Glenn come in and mix and we're, we've, We've hired him we, on one of the new songs we, we worked on over the summer. We hired him to actually be a producer. So he's been mm -hmm. he's been kind of co-writing one of the new ones with us. Um, I think there's a lot of value in like going into like a more professional space for things that we can't just like string together. Like I... In the past, when we would do like electric guitar, we would just figure out a way to do it here in this room and it would always kind of sound like shit and I think it's like well we're really good at doing acoustic guitar and vocals in this room so we should do that but then like we should go have someone who knows what they're doing do record electric guitar yeah or bass or drums or whatever right right so it's, it's sort of the same collaborating spirit almost because hmm. um, I was always like an island with wanting to produce it myself, mix it myself and in kind of a selfish way. Well, I think it's crucial to, to acknowledge like what you're saying, you know, there's you, you guys can write a song in a hybrid sort of sense. You guys can make something together just like you can record something in a hybrid sense and, and take care of what tracking you need to do with the house and what you need more time for. And without the constraints of money and, and producing and all that, you know, big label stuff that that's, that's a bitch, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, so what's the name of you guys? Is it Divergent? What's the name of your, the label that you guys were working it's on? It's Divergent, Divergent Records yeah. out of Chicago. Yeah. How, how'd you guys get uh, looped in with them? Um, I had, I had emailed right after the EP, I emailed 
their AR email address and mm-hmm. um, didn't I don't think we heard back for a while or we didn't we didn't end up talking for a while but when we ended up talking like early 2018 I think it was mm-hmm. I kind of just had the mindset of like well we know we don't want to like we don't want to tour we don't want to like kind of do do it that way so if we're gonna actually have like the backing of like you know some label monies and some distribution then i'm just we'll just say like up front like this is it, this is kind of what the project is and this right. is what we're willing sure. to do right. so we were always really really transparent about that and and they were scott is the guy and he's he's awesome um mm-hmm. he was very receptive to that and just kind of let us do what we wanted to do. Yeah. I think we had like an 18 month, we had to do an, uh, we, we signed for an album and we had 18 months to do it. And after 18 months we were like, well, (laughs) it's not quite done. (laughs) So, you know, he, he was really flexible with us and, you know, it's a, it's a pretty small operation. It's a very small label. He's got Mm -hmm. bands from Chicago, Columbus, New York. I think there's one or two UK bands, but it's and then and then uh, there's a guy up in uh, British Columbia. Hmm. I think he. I think that's where he's up in Canada somewhere. He lives kind of out out in, out in the middle of nowhere. I'm pretty sure, but but yeah. I mean, it's it's just like a pretty intimate little crew, and yeah. they were great. Like yeah. You know, well, it's good to draw out those divisions early and be like, "Hey, this is the way it exists, yeah. and we would love to to work together in some capacity." Right. I've, you know, that helps them too to not like make other expectations or like right. to to let that stuff you know capitalize with with somebody else and just kind of work with you guys in the way that you guys can work. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, he, he kind of held out. He held off from signing us for a little while because we weren't necessarily like actively touring you know or you know actively yeah. like hey we're gonna try and play you know he definitely okay. didn't love that right he definitely didn't love that <laughs> i mean it's it's understandable because you yeah know, we're not really bringing in much we're not bringing in any money from streaming or yeah. from just from streaming just from a digital release right and um well yeah you know that 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 brings it to like the the why why do you make the music thing you know is it is it an outlet for yourselves is it like because i want it to bring it to people you know it's it's uh that's always like the root of the question of like why we choose to continue to make music, you know? Right. We just love to make yeah, stuff. Like we just love to make shit. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. Writing and, and recording have definitely always been our, our passion for, you know, Drew and I kind of since we started this thing and I think there is obviously like a, a huge desire for, you know, it's like it's we're obviously very proud of the of the stuff that we write and and that's why we're you know releasing it and so there's a lot of joy to be had and and people listening to it you know and and it's really cool and really exciting um but it's yeah. kind of i guess it's always started first as like we do this because we just absolutely love we love it you know it's it feels essential to to who we are to to write and, and make music and yeah anything after that's just gravy Sure. If we make a few bucks, so far we haven't really. (laughs) But that's yeah, that's that's not really the right the point. Well, 
Hell yeah, guys. All right. Well, I got one more question for everybody. It's a light one. Just if anybody has any recommend, it's just such a tough time, right? Everybody's like disconnected from other human beings. Do you have a recommendation for like a book or a TV show or a movie or a podcast or any, any sort of media or record, uh, any sort of media to that, that has been, uh, you know, that you've enjoyed as of late? I really like, uh, TV shows and one that I really love that we've been watching for the past couple of years is called Barry with Bill Hader. What a hit! Yeah, man. that that's show's probably amazing. one of my favorite shows. Me ever too. Made. I want another yeah, season of that. Too. Fucking yeah, it's now. Just a minute. Really great show. Henry Winkler's so funny in that show, man. He, yeah, he's, he's funny in everything so he does. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, just the like the the selfishness of all the of all the acting students. Yeah. Kills me. Yeah. You're you're like right in the. I mean, you're in you're in the yeah. throes oh, of that, dude. This shit is shot like uh, like half a mile outside. <laughs> of yeah. It's it's it's. Horribly true to true to fashion. <laughs> I, I just finished a book called um, The Overstory, which is an amazing book. I would recommend to anybody. It's it's a uh, it's all about trees. I mean, trees are sort of the main character, um, cool. and the and the humans that you know. It, it's a story about humans and trees, and the uh, it's kind of it kind of reminded me of Centennial, which is like a book about a specific geographical place and everything that happened in that place from like prehistory dinosaurs through like the 1970s in that case because that's cool so it just chooses one location and this is the this is like yeah the character and then you just go through it that's cool and so the overstory is similar to that it's just you know the tree the trees are are sort of the through line and i i just finished it today and i fucking loved it so awesome man Overstory, mm-hmm. but you look. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a I'm I'm definitely a reader. I, uh, I love reading and listening to books and uh, fantasy, science fiction, that that sort of thing. And right now, I'm I've been listening through this. I think it's a six part series, uh, fantasy series called The Faithful and the Fallen. It's it's relatively new, um, and it's been incredible. I've been super into it I'm on, I just started book five it's a super epic John title. Quinn Gwyn, I think is, is the guy's name yeah it is really epic Sick. and it's uh, yeah. definitely very fantasy so if you like to nerd out on on fantasy that's that's my recommendation got it man I love it yeah my, my nerd dumb is like in the in the comic book realm I just read this like I don't even know if I want to get into it. I read a biography in comic book form wow. about Jack Kirby, who's like the illustrator of like all Stan Lee's comics. And this ba- this thing basically like it starts out as a biography and like about halfway through you realize, dude, this is a straight up smear on Stan Lee and saying like he was actually stealing everybody else's ideas. Wow. And all the illustrators came up with like Spider-Man, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, everybody. Wow. And like Stan Lee just took credit. And I was like... Holy shit, this is mind blowing. Also my childhood's ruined, but this is tight, you know? Oh my God. That's crazy. Oh, That's wild. Yeah. All right, guys. It was uh, great to meet you, man. Thanks for joining us. I got fellow hollow here and I highly recommend everybody check out their new record, Violet Paper Wings, man. Thanks Lovely. for being on. Thanks for having yeah. us. Man. Thank you so much. There it is, y'all. Fellow hollow. Thanks for joining me. That's the show. Come back next week for more. Uh, who's our guest next week? Oh, yeah. Uh, I never do this. I'll give you a little sneak preview. Next week, we got Brad Garcia from Lockett, who I toured with um, last year. It's like the 
you know one of the last few bands I got to play shows with. So we got a bunch of fun memories. Um, as you know, support the show by going to bandzoogle.com. Use promo code direct support for fifteen percent off. Um, like, subscribe, share, follow on social media. I think I got it in in time. I love you guys. Thank you. Good night.